You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We're in a brand new series called At The Table focusing on having the right people in our world and around our table. And we're hinging it on this verse. I'm gonna read it out and then we're gonna pray about this picture of the Last Supper, Jesus and his disciples around the table. And the Bible says this in Luke 22, verse 14. It says, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. God, we thank you for our church and we thank you that the local church is the hope of the world. And God, today we pray that your word would be a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path and that it would illuminate our soul, our mind, and our spirit. And God, not the words that I say or we say as people, but Father, we pray that your word today comes and does only what it can do. God, we give you today by your Holy Spirit full access to come and change us, mold us, and shape us into the Christ-centered people that you've called us to be. May we leave here changed and transformed. And everybody with a little bit of faith said, Amen, amen. Think with me for a moment. Get up for Christopher, actually. He can exit. Great job, buddy. Doing a great job on keys. Think with me for a moment about a time when you've had somebody, the wrong person around the table, the wrong person giving you advice or counsel. Me and my friends decided one time, we go up the north coast of Northern Ireland to the fun fair there called Barry's. And at Barry's, our roller coasters, rides, there's loads going on. So we decided, let's make a Saturday of it. All jumped in one car, drove up the North Coast. An hour and a half later, we get there. And we are so excited for the roller coasters, the rides, the dodgems, you know, go on the ghost train and rebuke all the demons in Jesus' name. We're just ready to rock and roll, have a good time. And there's this one ride that's way out of mine and Kyle's comfort zone. It's called, it's like the waltzer, except it's on an arm. So you're like spinning around and it's taking you up and down. And Kyle and I look at each other and say, there is no way we're going on that ride. It's just not happening. But Ethan, one of our friends, the wrong guy around the table says, come on, lads. Are you serious? Just get on the ride. How bad is it going to be? So we look at each other and to try and save face, we decide we're going to get on that ride. We'll do it. We'll jump on. How bad can it be? Famous last words. We get on the ride starts to go off slowly and then take on a little bit of height. And we're thinking, this is okay. This is in our comfort zone. It's all right. And then out of nowhere, 
the crazy guy that's on the machine puts it on full blast, and before we know it, the arm is rotating like this, and we're spinning around at what feels like 100 miles an hour, round and round and round, and I'm gritting my teeth, saving face, looking at Ethan, he's laughing his head off because he loves this, and in the middle is Kyle, and Kyle, when it hits full blast, starts to scream. Kyle is 20 years old, and his voice is so high at this point, screaming, ah, 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 on repeat like that, and I'm holding tight, he's screaming, Ethan's laughing, and out of nowhere, it goes silent. We're like, what's happened to Kyle? And I look left, and Ethan looks right, and Kyle has passed out on the ride. Literally like this, I start to laugh so hard, I was crying, he's passed out on the ride. And then he comes back around, you've seen videos, comes back around, realizes where he is, his situation has not changed, ah, 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 panicking, and the second time, he passes out. We're looking at each other, going, what is going on? Kyle has passed out, and the ride comes to an end, and he hobbles off, we're carrying him, he, pa- he throws up, practically passes out again, I'm feeling ill and queasy, and Ethan is laughing his head off, completely stitched us up. The wrong person at the table of what we needed in that moment, the wrong advice. Maybe you've had those moments in your life too where you felt like you've been stitched up perhaps, or you've been given bad advice, or perhaps you've not had the right people around your table. You look back to your wedding day and think of all the people you had at your wedding and realize the people that were at your table then, you don't even really talk to now and you wonder why were they at my table back then? Or perhaps since you've grown up through school and high school and adulthood and you've got a group of people around your table and you bring your issues and things of life to, but they don't really speak the same language of faith. They don't get it. They give you some bad advice. It's not great. And suddenly you're in this group of people that isn't taking you in the direction that you should go in. Or perhaps it's at work, the people in the workplace are sounding off stuff that just doesn't resonate with your spirit, but you're in a, a group, you're united together, and suddenly you're, you're thinking, do I really have the right people around my table? I think if we're not careful, the danger is that we can have the wrong people around our table. In fact, we have to be proactive, intentional, and direct in ensuring that we have the right people around our table table. And I want to ask you at the start of this series on the table is do you have the right people around your table? The Bible says this in Proverbs 12, 26, says the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. 2 Corinthians 6, 14, Paul says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness. Now this word yoked has this picture of it's not separated easily. You can't separate it. It's mixed together. It's this analogy of a three-legged race on sports day where you're bound together with somebody. It's good when you're going in the same direction, but when somebody wants to go a different way, what happens is there's a struggle and there's a fight and there's a tension. And this scripture is digging deep down into your personal world, 
your relationships, the people that are bringing development, bringing faith into your life, and saying, make sure you've got the right network of people in your world. It's not saying, hey, have nothing to do with people that aren't Christians. Not at all, because we're an inclusive people. The church is beautiful because there's a place for everybody, and you belong before you believe. And our duty and job and our great commission is to go out into the world and make disciples of those that aren't already Christians. But what this verse is saying, there should be an inner circle around the table of your life full of people that speak faith, speak the same language, are challenging you, championing you on in the things of God. See, Jesus knew who his inner table was. It says here in Matthew 12, someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to speak to you. Jesus is confused in this moment. He replied to him saying, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to the disciples who were here in the room, he says, here's my mother and here's my brothers. Jesus in this moment is recognizing that he's got external relationships in his wider circle, but with him right there, he knows who his inner table are, his inner circle of people and his support network. He knew who was at his table. And today for us, Audacious Church and friends, there has to be an inner table that elevates and lifts us up to the higher places and things for God so that we together can accomplish our purposes for his kingdom. I want to suggest today four things that having the right people around your table does. The first thing it does is perspective. Turn to your neighbor and say perspective. Bible says this in Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for a lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Did you know that different perspectives and angles gives you a different picture, a different state of affairs? Look to the screen for a moment at this picture. Two people look at the same thing. One person sees the number six because of their angle, their perspective, and somebody else sees the number nine. Next one, please. This will mess with your head. Somebody looks at this. Looks like stairs, doesn't it? Cuboids, rectangles. Someone sees seven looking down the left side, and somebody on the other side's arguing and saying, no, five. Do you see that? How two different perspectives gives you a whole different picture. Now, this is the best one, my favorite, coming up on the screen. This is me and Lizandri in Edinburgh at a place called Camera Obscura. Lizandri has not grown 30 foot overnight. There's not a potion she's taken or a magic formula, and I haven't shrunk. But even though that I was there, like I literally was there, I still don't understand how it works. Like, I'm literally going, how, how does that work? We walked into the same room and suddenly Lysandre's 30 foot taller than I am. See the power in perspective? How looking at something will give you a totally different perspective and range of affairs. And the Bible here says in Proverbs, says you're safe and you succeed in the range of your counsel. In other words, you're safe and succeed in the range of your perspective. In Luke 22, Jesus has a range of counsel, and because of that, he's got a range of perspective. 
around Jesus' table, he's got many different people, communication styles, agendas, socioeconomic status. It's a mixed bunch, it really is. Here's a couple of them. Simon Peter was a fisherman, always speaking his mind and acting on impulse. He was super decisive. Then we have his brother, who's the polar opposite, Andrew. He's quieter, always mentioned second, but more astute and discerning. In fact, he was the one that first recognized Jesus as the son of God and tells Peter. Then you've got James and John, the sons of thunder, hot-headed, mad, impulsive. You've got Matthew, the tax collector, on one of the most despised professions there was. He was corrupt. Shows us that there's a place for anyone at the table, doesn't it? You've got Thomas, doubting Thomas, we'll say no more. Judas, he was the treasurer, good with money, but ended up being his downfall because of his greed and the betrayal. You got Simon the Zealot, very religious. This guy was super religious, potentially part of a sect trying to overthrow the Roman government at the time. See, the council here brings wisdom. They bring wealth, challenge, good advice, range of perspectives. And the council also brings bad advice, but when you've got a range and a wealth of counsel, that bad advice gets mitigated amongst the group of good advice because you're not just getting one perspective. And today, the danger of not having a wealth and a range of counsel is you live in an echo chamber where all you hear is your thoughts, your worldview, what you think is right, or you have a handful of people that think like you, act like you, talk like you, and so there's an echo chamber of all the same stuff, and actually, it might not, as we've seen on the screens, be the right perspective. Today, church, for the sake of our world and what God has called us to, we need to position different voices and people on the inner table of our hearts so that we can succeed, as Proverbs says, as we can find safety, as Proverbs says, as we can find refuge and support. Today, church, increase your counsel to enhance your perspective. The second thing, having a wealth of people around the inner table does, is it brings resilience. Everybody say resilience. Luke twenty two fifteen, And he, Jesus, said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Here we have Jesus, the last supper before the crucifixion, before he takes on the wrath of God for the hang-ups, the mess-ups, the sins of a broken world, taking on our debt that we could not pay so that we could have freedom in God. This moment in the last supper, and he's talking to his disciples about suffering because Jesus was the suffering servant. That was his mission to come to earth, take on the debt that we could not pay so that we could have life. And here Jesus is inviting the disciples in saying, hey, join me, come and suffer with me. It's really encouraging for a 12 p.m. at church, isn't it? I invite you to come and suffer. But here's the good bit in John 16, 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble. Good news again, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. And in Jesus, we can have peace in the midst of a trouble. And how we remain in peace is by activating resilience. 
It's the bond of the table that births resilience in our world. Men and women who refuse to let us give up when the going gets tough. People who refuse to let us to fall back to the common denominator. People who say, hey, hey, the situation, the natural, the world might look like this, but don't you forget that God word that he spoke over your life. You might be in a storm right now and the wind is blowing, the waves are splashing, but you can have peace in the storm because Jesus is with you in the storm. And when you journey it with other people around the table of your life, you're reminded if I've been there before and come through it, then I can come through it again by the grace of God. Hey, if he's done it before, then he can do it again. And when you've got people around the table who stand shoulder to shoulder with you, I believe you can get through anything in life. Yes, it will be tough. Yes, Stephen, Jesus says you will have trouble in this world, but in the midst of it, you can have peace. Jesus in the boat, when the storm was raging around him, disciples worrying, panicking, freaking out, he had peace. He could sleep in the storm because he knew that the storm didn't dictate where he was at, but his God did. And wherever he was, was where he was meant to be for the glory of God. So he said, I might be in the storm right now, but I know God's got the storm. And when you've got a bond, a brotherhood, a sisterhood, people around your inner table, you can push through anything. Get people around the table to birth resilience in your world. The third thing having the right people around the table does is it brings purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say purpose. 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 Luke twenty two sixteen. Jesus speaking again. Same passage says, for I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. A couple of weeks ago, we were at the Assemblies of God Conference, the network our church is a part of. We've got our audacious church with many locations and campuses, and then we're a part of the Assemblies of God, 600 churches in the UK and hundreds of thousands in the world, part of a bigger body together. It's awesome, isn't it? And we were at conference, and it was amazing. The worship was electric, powerful. God was speaking. It was fun. There was bonds being made. There was laughter. There was memories. It was great. But we weren't just gathered together to do a Christian holy kumbaya and go away and not be changed. But we were gathered together at the conference to then be propelled into our purpose. And here Jesus gathers the disciples together. They have a meal which brings sustenance and also sharing a meal together brings strength. But it was from this place that Jesus reminded them about the purpose of the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. They weren't just gathered to play church and do niceties and have fun. As good as those things are, they were gathered to be propelled into purpose. And when you've got the right people around your world, It's easy in this world to be distracted by what's going on over here, but when you've got the right people in your world, they'll remind you of your purpose, remind you of the God call, remind you of what God's spoken in your life. And having the right people around you and on the inner table, pull out the gifts in you, pull out the ability in you, pull out and draw out the passion in you. They don't allow you to sit still, be still, be inactive, but they're constantly calling out what God has created you to be. So make a decision today, church and friends, to gather people around the table who will propel you into your purpose. C.T. Studd says it like this, only one life will soon be passed 
Only what's done for Christ will last. We've got a short blip here in the grand scheme of eternity. And when you get the right people around the table, they'll remind you to do what God has called you to do with this one life. Not just doing good things, but doing God things. Not just doing things that you think you should be doing, but doing the things that God has called you, destined you, gifted you, and graced you to do. The last point, everybody say last point. The last thing having the right people around the table does is it brings memories, memories. Turn to someone and say memories. Luke 22, 19. The end of this passage in the Last Supper, Jesus says this, do this in remembrance of me. Whenever I go back to Northern Ireland or I'm on a call with Ethan or Kyle or some of my friends back there, we're reminded of all of the the fun moments of the things we went through together. Every time we catch up, we share the stories of, you know, Kyle passing out and the roller coaster and all the different memories that we've got. But we also remember together the times where Sam was banned from coming to church by his parents and we called him after church on Sundays and we hung out with him outside of church and we walked the journey with him. We remember the times that one of us suffered loss in our family and we stood alongside each other and said, hey, God's got a plan. God's in this. He's not left you, forsaken you. We stood together in the great exploits of what we were doing. When one of us went and prayed for someone, we celebrated the win. When someone got a God word for the future, we celebrated the win. We stood shoulder to shoulder together. And when we talk and look back, we, are, we remember the moments. And here Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. So when Jesus went to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, the disciples all gather and take communion and get around the table and remember the stories. Building this church is hard. We've not been this way before in the book of Acts. But you remember when Jesus healed the sick and they got well? Oh yeah. Do you remember when Jesus cast out the demons and someone was well, yeah. Do you remember when we had no food and that little kid brought us lunch? What was he thinking? But then Jesus multiplied it, wow. See, what happens is having the right people around the table, it brings longevity and strength. Because if Jesus could do it before, then he can do it again. My memories spark faith for the future. We can't afford to live in the memories of what was, but allow the memories to be the springboard to what God can do. Hey, let me tell you, if your best stories are 10, 15, 20 years old, for you young people, maybe that's six months ago. If that's the the age, the expiry date of your stories, of your things you're doing for God, your great faiths, I wanna suggest maybe it's time to gather some different people around the table to not just keep thinking about the past and what was, but allow that to spark passion in today to get some people around the inner table to do something great for God in your tomorrow. Because I'm believing now more than ever in spite of what's raging in the world, what's happening in our society, what we're facing day to day, I'm sure of this, that the best is still ahead for the church and for God's kingdom and for the people of God. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.
We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 